church thank you for joining us this evening you guys can't see on the stream we're kind of small tonight so uh, i would be looking this way most of the time but i got to pay attention to my live stream too thank you all for joining us if you're watching online hope everyone had a happy thanksgiving uh, some people were talking about they're stuffed and uh, some people are broke because of friday uh, i know i am uh, but all my shopping is pretty much done uh, but yeah, I'm charged up. Uh, this uh, past weekend was just really fun uh, for me, for my family, and I hope it was for you too. And uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Got a couple of things we want to talk about uh, with introducing our messages. First off, if you're not in a small group already, uh, we do encourage you to get connected and get into a small group. Uh, you can find out more information at Guest Services. Uh, go over there and ask, how can I join a small group? Uh, they meet every week, and uh, they would love to have you in them. Now, we've got a couple updates here. Uh, we can go through the pictures one by one. I'll cue you in to get the slides, Bridget, but let's throw a couple pictures up there. Uh, man, look at that guy right there. We delivered our blessing baskets, uh, sorry, not blessing baskets, man buckets this week. Uh, yeah, nice car calendar you got there, Larry. <laughs> yeah, we we have six, yeah, there's Bob Gregg. Some of you, some of you might not know, uh, Bob Gregg has been sick recently. Uh, pray for Bob and Laura. Uh, they're dear to us, and uh, yeah, we were able to bless them with this uh, man bucket. They got really great stuff in them. Uh, we got six up there, I believe. Go to the next one here. Uh, there's Mr. Slade over there. Oh, not Mr. Slade, Senor Slade. Senor Slade. He said not to use Mr. anymore. And uh, Roxy, too, she got some treats in her bucket as well. Uh, we got a couple more up there, too. There's Walter Lane. Walter Lane has been absent. He's got some health issues going on, but uh, Walter's a dear friend to us, loves to fish, and he plans on coming back to Journey soon. Uh, but, yeah, we'd love to give this to Walter as well. I th oh, there's a familiar face, too. He's not here tonight, uh, but dear Fred. Fred is such a good friend, such a loyal volunteer, uh, well-deserved uh, blessing with this man bucket this year. And I believe we got one more up there. And uh, Mr. Billy Grayson, yeah. Give a round of applause for all of, all of this hard work that you guys brought in stuff and then the volunteers that delivered these. Uh, this was really, really fun to do, and it's a great thing we like to do every year. Next year we'll do maybe not a man bucket, but we'll do some other kind of a blessing thing to give for Thanksgiving. Thank you to everyone that was involved. Uh, we appreciate it. So now, uh, Thanksgiving's over, so I guess Christmas is coming. Uh, Christmas will be here as soon as we know it. we got a couple things we want to talk about. First off, the Cynthiana Christmas tree lighting is Friday, December 1st, downtown Cynthiana. We're going to be down there giving out hot chocolate, and there's a couple ways that you can help. Uh, right over here at this table is a sign-up sheet. You can sign up to be a volunteer. Um, uh, Friday, December 1st, we're going to be meeting at 5.30 and serving hot chocolate at 6.00. Uh, during the tree lighting. You can also donate cash and check to the Tide Jug, and that would help cover the cost of the hot chocolate and the cups that we'll need for the outreach. We don't need a ton of volunteers, but if we could get maybe five or ten to go down there with us and help set up and tear down and serve hot chocolate, uh, that would be awesome. So if you're interested in that, find this table right over here uh, to my left of the stage. It would be your right of the stage. Go over there and sign up, and we'll reach out to you later this week. Uh, we got another thing we're going to announce as well. Uh, we are going back to our local nursing homes. Uh, we've got plans in place uh, for a couple different things. So we're taking up some warm socks and candy, and we're going to deliver these in goodie bags along with a free meal. Uh, this meal is going to be provided uh, through the Cynthia Cheese Store. Uh, we've got a contact with them, and uh, that's going to be an awesome thing to help a small business, but also help us as well. So here's how you can help. You can bring in socks, and there's not a tree there yet, but after tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's service, there will be a Christmas tree up front. 
It'll have some ornaments on it and other stuff, but we want you to hang these socks on the tree, and then that'll help us uh, with that. You can also bring in candy and drop it in this black tub. There's already some candy in there already, uh, just some holiday candy, anything like that. Uh, you can donate cash and check to the Tide Jug. That would help cover cost of extra socks or candy, and you can also volunteer to help put these bags together and or deliver them. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet over here if you'd like to volunteer. There's going to be two different dates, and I know this is a lot of information, and it's not on the screen. I don't even believe it's in the bulletin this week, but we are having a packing party. Um, I believe it's the 14th at 6.30. We're going to put these bags together, and I think we have about 125 bags we're going to put together. So it's going to be a lot, and it's better if we have like an assembly line kind of thing. So if you would like to help with that, that is uh, Thursday, December 14th at 6.30. And then we are going to be delivering these as of right now, December 16th. We realize plans might have changed with some of the contact we have with the cheese store, as we just found out today. Uh, but we'll, we'll let everyone know. But right now we're planning to deliver uh, December 16th, and we're going to meet at the church around 3 o'clock. So if you would like to help with that, uh, just sign up over here and uh, bring in what you can with socks and candy and uh, help us just bless these nursing homes this year. They're very overlooked communities at Parkside and Shady Lawn and uh, we used to bring them here load them up in vans and have a little dinner theater for them COVID changed all of that and we just no longer have access to be able to do that so if we can go to them and help with that uh, that is a win for us so help us with that if you can and uh, let's bless them this Christmas and speaking of we hope you'll join us at Christmas this year Christmas Eve is on a Sunday uh, but it looks a little different this year Bobby and Connie are traveling they're going to be in Canada um, for Christmas for two weeks, I believe. And so they won't be here for the Christmas message. So uh, I'm on deck to give the Christmas message this year. I'm really excited for it. Uh, but join us the 23rd and 24th of December, Saturday at 6 and Sunday at 1030. Uh, join us and celebrate with us. Celebrate that God really did send Jesus because he just loves us so much. And he realized that we were in need of a Savior. And that's why he sent Jesus to us. So celebrate with us. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy month. Uh, but I'm so excited for it. But let's hop back into Momentum. We're in a series called Momentum. We're in week three. Uh, this week's message is a little different um, on purpose, but we're going to be talking about something that's kind of a hot topic right now, and it has been for the last couple of years, um, is racial prejudice and bias. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the countdown, but it was by an artist named Mandisa, and it's called Bleed the Same. And the lyrics go something like, We all bleed the same. So why are we divided? And if we're going to fight, let's fight for each other and let's let love be the battle cry. That really is what it's about. And I pray for tonight's message. Bobby's got a little bit of a twist on it. I'm excited for it. But before we get into that, would you bow with me, please? God, right now I pray for tonight's message. I pray for everyone here in person. Though we're small in number, uh, we've got a lot of love for you, God, a lot of love for our community. And uh, we know that you love people as well. And even people that struggle with uh, racial tension and racial bias and prejudice. And I pray that we could be a light in our world uh, to block out all of the darkness. And uh, I pray right now for Bobby as he brings this message forward that we could all glean some insight from it. And that most importantly, we could just love people better. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Momentum, it is a thing, so let's continue the momentum and goodwill that we have experienced the last couple of days. Thanksgiving uh, seems and sounds like it was terrific for everyone, so let's keep moving the ball, staying in front of the chains. Let's keep it up, uh, keep this momentum going forward all the way to Christmas and the New Year. Let's just do it. We really can. And uh, keep doing good things, as we described just a moment ago, how we're going to help nursing home 
people, residents, couple of nursing homes that we go to every year and how we're going to help light the Christmas tree downtown for the parade and uh, pass out free hot chocolate. Let's just keep momentum going. All this goodwill that we're talking about, keep it up. Say amen. It really is pretty exciting. I saw people come in and ask them, how are you doing? And Heck, they all started by telling me how terrific they were. I mean, it was just great. Everybody was happy. The food was good, and being with people and family was good, and the weather turned out pretty great. And uh, just keep this up. Momentum is a thing, guys. It really is. And it's like a sports game, a sports team, basketball, football, soccer, table tennis, or anything else. It's... Just keep moving forward. That really is the secret sauce. And uh, so as Brian said, this lesson tonight, I'm going to do it a little different. Most of us are aware that there is a pretty strong tension in our country today, even in the world, racial tension. Uh, and we're pretty much uh, seeing a lot of that. Uh, in in our news, but I, I'm going to try to teach this a little different. When when I was a kid, and and I started out in Georgetown. My I was born in Georgetown, and I went to school in Scott County for uh, a few years till third grade. I remember when I was a kid. Um, the bathroom facilities at the courthouse in Georgetown were segregated. And upstairs was where the white folks were supposed to go, men and women. And downstairs were where the black folks. They had names on the doors. Upstairs, men and women, white folks. Downstairs, men and women, black folks. And I thought that's kind of weird. <laughs> Even as a kid, I thought that was kind of weird. And a lot has changed in America since the 50s. And uh, I'm happy for that, and I'm sure you are too. Um, we've had a black president. We've had an African-American president. We, uh, we've got an, uh, an African-American vice president. We probably will have a, a woman, a lady president. We may have a Hispanic president. America... It really does have uh, some tension in our world, but it, America really is a diverse community and culture, more so than maybe we realize. And so we're talking about how to build community and engage with people who might have a racial prejudice or bias. And I've only got one answer that I can give you that's going to just flow through the whole lesson. I'm going to give you some examples, but really here it is. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter what century it is. Jesus changes everything. That, that's what changes racial prejudice and bias and division. Jesus literally changes everything. And so that's the long-term solution that I'm talking about and that we're all talking about at Journey, and I hope that we're thinking about that. And racism, racial division, racial kind of biases have been around since ancient times, since biblical times a long, long time ago. All over the Bible, there were... There were people that had different economic and political and academic and religious backgrounds. It's not something modern in the last 240 years in America. It's something that's been from the beginning of the world. Slavery has existed since an ancient time in the world. Class distinctions of people, aristocrats and peasants. Uh, all of this has existed long before we ever came into the world ourselves today. And the difference maker has always been, even between men and women and men and women and equality and all those kind of issues that have really been part of our culture in America, Jesus changed all that. It really is true. And, and I, I, I'm going to read a little bit of that at communion time tonight. 
from Galatians chapter 3 how Jesus said there's no longer male or female, black or white, that really the cross is level at the foot of Jesus, that everybody's on an equal setting and footing together. And I'm really glad of that, that Jesus changes everything. And so we really do have something to share, and we really do have an answer to all the problems that are in the world. But we can't leave the part about Jesus out. We have to, do, we have to really share that. We have to share this story about Jesus that changes all these kind of divisions and divides that we've seen throughout history. And it's going on right now. Man, I think we're all looking at our... We're looking at our places where we get information and Israel and Hamas, the terrorist group, are fighting a war. And there's these tensions between uh, ethnic groups and uh, Jewish people and Palestinian people and these terrorist groups who represent uh, a different viewpoint. And so we're all pretty tuned into this. It really is that whether it's Politics or sports or in our own families, um, we we might have a bent or we might have a we might have our choice of our favorite team or favorite nation or favorite favorite whatever that we feel like might be superior. And uh, my my question that I've been asking: How to build community? how to build family and togetherness, you know, community in your community. If all these people were sitting over here, I'd tell them the way you do that um, is you just have to share more about Jesus because division is any kind of division, whatever you're divided about, it's murder on relationships. It's murder on friendships. It's just, it's murder. It kills any opportunity to grow friendships if you have this kind of bitterness and hatred about any other kind of people group because you've got the best team and they got the worst team or you got the bigger house and they got the little house. It just kills friendship. It really does. And so it isn't just about the color of our face. It isn't just about the country that we live in or the religion that we follow. It's just about people, guys. It really is. That's the answer. How can we build community and show that we care. I got two suggestions, and I don't know. I, I hope this is like drawing you a picture again on a napkin. <clears throat> you gotta have you gotta have a plan. You gotta have some kind of construction plan, and you gotta you gotta pull the permits and get a code. The city has code, building codes, and permits that you have to get. I'm gonna talk about that. Two ideas, I, and I'm gonna draw you a picture of what it looks like here in Acts chapter 13. So let's go there. Let's find Acts chapter 13. Let me kind of give you the answer to building better community in our community with people who may ha have, you know, racial prejudice or bias. It might be ra racially directed or it might just be because we think that we're city people and we're better than country people or we're people that have a college degree and you're a person that doesn't, so I'm better than you. It could be a lot of things that divide us and cause us to you know, really ha have a bias against other kind of people. So how do I get past that? Here's the first one that I've got, and it's we've got to have this construction. You've got to have a blueprint to follow and a better strategy than us just picking sides like the Hatfields and the McCoys or like I'm from America and you're from somewhere else. You've got to have a better plan. Say, better plan? So it starts with this kind of construction that God gives us in the Bible, building strategy and in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, here's what it says. In the church at Antioch, now we've already been in this part of the story of the Bible where in Antioch is where they were first called Christians. For the first time, little Jesus people. Say, little Jesus people? You're not a big Jesus people. You're a little Jesus people. There's only one big Jesus. But it was the first time in the first century church in Antioch where they started being called uh, more than just Jesus' followers and disciples, they were called Christians. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets, teachers, and then they named them Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian or Manon, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So there's one, two, three, four, five. I'll, I'll mention them in just a second. Jot this down too if you're taking some notes. 
So you got to have a you got to have a blueprint, but you also got to have a building crew. You got to have a pretty good building crew that will have chemistry and will find a way to work together. Man, I tell you what happened with our football team and basketball team. If you're a Kentucky fan, a UK fan, or if you're not, that's okay too. I, I'm sorry your team lost if they lost to us, but I'm just saying if you're a basketball fan or football team, I'll tell you what happened. They had a great plan, a great game plan, but their team really did work well together. They did, both basketball and football. That is how you win more games. Is You have to have this crew or team, whether it's a church or your family or we're going to have a Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas is next, you got to have this kind of you got to have a blueprint to follow, and then also you got to have a building crew that likes each other, and they want to work together. Say amen? Yeah, that's the only way it works. If you're in an office, oh my goodness, I just listened to some discussion about Black Friday retail sales. I just heard some stories about how hard it was, what a hardship it was when you've got somebody on your team that's not a team player. Man, they can be such an annoying person, making everybody else's job even harder when somebody who expects that they're the supervisor somehow and they're critical of everybody else, man, that doesn't work very well. It makes your day even longer. Say, longer? Heck, everybody's been there. We've all realized that sometimes... You might have a great blueprint for the strategy and a construction plan for how do I get through Black Friday and not lose my mind. And then somebody on your team just throws a big wrench into everything, sounding critical of everybody. That's not a good plan. So these guys in Acts chapter 13 that I'm going to mention, five names make up the crew, and all of them have... They all have different backgrounds, but they're all on the same page, which is make, makes this really interesting. So five, five names here, like five guys. That's going to be important in just a second. Remember this, five guys. Five names on a crew, and they all have different backgrounds, but they're on the same page, and they're working toward the same mission and purpose is to build community. It's to get through Black Friday sales without losing your mind. It's to win your football game or basketball game. Whatever the goal is, they wanted to build community with their team, what a team it was. And so we really are all people, and we're, we're different in many ways, but we have more things in common than you realize. And if you can put a team together that's on the same page like Journey right now, like I hope you are at your family, it can be really cool. So here's my question before I show you a little short video clip. Who likes a good, who likes a good burger and fries? Right after all this turkey and dressing that we've been eating, probably all of us are ready for a good burger and fries. It will take a team of people who have this passion to make the best burger and fries possible for us to have a great experience. So watch this little clip. Well, watch this little when clip. When you think of classic food on the go, one meal comes to mind, at least for me, and that would be burgers and fries. So here's a look at how five brothers are winning over burger lovers with their fresh take on an American favorite. So watch. At Five Guys, regular cheese, little cheese. Burgers and fries are the specialty of the house. The grill proudly sports very few frills and makes meat patties like you do at home. I love coming to a place that's got real hamburger meat that's fresh in the morning. If I can find those places, that's where I'll stop every time. The five guys are actually five brothers who began grilling up their homemade hamburgers in Virginia in the mid-1980s. Okay, we'll start with the oldest. My oldest brother, Jim, and that'd be me, Matt, and then we have Chad, and then we have Ben and Tyler. All brothers. Their love for mouth-watering meat and potatoes now stretches across America. This Five Guys restaurant in Colorado Springs, Colorado, cooks up well over a thousand burgers every day. Getting ready for hungry hamburger fans starts early in the morning. They slice veggies and form fresh ground beef into perfect patties all by hand. The freshness is really what we focus on. And keep in mind, when we do our prep in the morning, we prep for only one day. 
Then the number of people who walk in the door determines how many patties sizzle on the grill. As soon as that customer walks in the door, you're going to hear somebody up front yell, two in the door, one in the door, three in the door. That's the cue to put some patties on the grill. They watch the outer edges of the patty to turn a grayish color, then give them a flip. Flip that, and we're going to give it a good press and level. The press keeps the burgers juicy, and it's the juices that signal when it's time for another turn. We can train these guys where they can look at a burger and say, you know what, that burger's done. Swing that right over here. But this is only half the meal. Now you can't have baseball without a bat. You can't have a burger without fries. Sacks of potatoes surround customers in the restaurant. A board shows where the spuds come from each day. Would you believe five guys fries up 100 million pounds of potatoes each year? The fries start with a slice, then soak in water. They pre-cook the potatoes for a couple of minutes. So that gives us that perfect fry that the inside of that is like a baked potato. Then when orders come in, a final drop of the peanut oil crisps the outside. Pretty much goes from the dirt to the bag, into the sink, into the fryer, and into your mouth. And that's it. I mean, there's not, there's very few steps. Their secret for freshness is to stay low tech. No microwaves, freezers, or even timers here. We want them to leave and go, how did they make that burger so good? This all-American meal takes just five to seven minutes to make. Here you are, sir. You have a great day. And for some, it takes even less time to eat. Now, what I sit down? That's my sermon, honestly. I could quit right there. What the heck are we thinking? Church isn't that complicated. But you've got to have a team, five guys and fries, or five guys in the book of Acts chapter 13. These guys have a lot of reasons why this wouldn't work. They're not the same generation of brothers. The young guy may say, well, hey, dude, it's pizza these days, or it's sushi these days. You ain't going to sell hamburgers and fries all over America and have a franchise in every state, 50 states. The younger guy could just take on the older guy and say, you're outdated. If you want to bring people in here on Saturday night, you've got to have a plan, a blueprint. All of us sitting here, come on now. If you want to build burgers and fries to spread across America and go to every single state, you guys have got to get on this team I'm talking about. If you want to fill the building, we've had it filled before, 300 people plus. you got to look at how you would do it if you was making burgers and fries. It's no different. This is not beyond us, guys. Come on now. I said over top the video just a moment ago, they come in, somebody comes in the door, and, and as soon as they arrive at the door, you got somebody looking for them saying, three at the door. So they can, put the, they can put the meat on the grill right then. They don't want the meat stacked up so that it's cold and been fried 20 minutes ago. No, they care so much about your experience, they have ninjas. That's what we call them here. If you come in that front door, we've got people who are volunteers who are supposed to go over here and say, hey, glad you're here at Journey today. How can I help you? Three at the door. Are you kidding me? Is it that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. How in the world does any team become a champion? I mean, you have a great coach, yeah. And you got to have talent, yeah. But, but really more than that, it boils down to you got to have some kind of blueprint and construction plan that makes sense. And you've got to have a crew that can kill it, whatever it is that you're trying to produce. You ever watch the Amish build a barn? You ever watch them put a roof on a barn? You ever watch them, you watch what they do with a hammer and a horse? Heck, it takes us four or five days to figure out where we can find another guy to hold the other end of the board. Like, I don't know if I can get another guy to help me or not. It, it, you got to get this, guys. This is my sermon right here. Momentum. If you want to continue the goodwill the last 16 and a half years that Journey has created, some of these people are getting old in here, Brian, Bridget. Your age group's got to step up. We've got to find some young people to help us.
they're, we're losing them. We've lost a lot of the original crew and our five guys in Fry's mission called Journey Community Christian Church. And this, is, this isn't any kind of silver bullet. This isn't like some kind of secret. The younger people have to buy in to this vision of us in this kind of church. And, and they got to go after people to sit in the seats too. They got to go to the door and say three at the door when they arrive. We got to get this going together like we've got a blueprint. And I think it's in the Bible. I think we've got the right construction plan for building the church Jesus started. Say amen. What is that? Well, it's nice to be nice. People matter most. All those are cliches, but they're true. You're not ever going to get somebody to listen to your story about Jesus until you actually treat somebody like they really matter. So we go out of our way to, you know, give away a, a man bucket, <laughs> call it something that sounds like fun, and, and we're going to take meals to the nursing home. Why do we do that? Because we really believe this is a plan that will work in a church like this for helping more people in our community of some 25,000 plus where about 23,000 of them don't go to anybody's church. Nobody's church. So, yeah, I, I think that's a sermon right there. I probably should have quit right there and let y'all go home and got you some burger and fries because now you're hungry. So, that's a good plan. There's got to be Somebody who understands that we are more alike than you might think. I don't know how to use this thing. I have to get Brian to get it unlocked half the time. Like his generation, my generation, I'm his grandpa. Honestly. I heard my daughter trying to help Connie's mom. Oh my goodness, I better not tell this tomorrow. But I, I, I heard my daughter and granddaughter sitting at the Thanksgiving table with Connie's mom. And Shirley's got her one of these things. She's got it all screwed up. <laughs> I better not say that tomorrow, but I'm telling you, she was listening to the grandkids. I was in the other room. I wouldn't say anything, but I could hear her. I could hear Shirley say, that's too much information for me. <laughs> We're in trouble. Our generation with this kind of thing. But if you can put that generation who uses this stuff together with people who have experiences of the head and the heart, even though they don't have any experiences with this, you you can have a pretty good team. You can really kill it and, and make an impact. So I'm trying to plant some seed here. I am going to be gone a couple weeks, and Brian's going to be the guy in charge. Oh, my goodness, let's pray for him now. Come on now. He gets to share two weekends and two messages. He'll do great. But you guys come and support him and help him drag people in here and bring as many young people as you can. I mean, even if it maybe might pay them five bucks to say, come and listen to this guy. You know, sit in a chair. I've got $25. Bring me five people. I don't care. Try something. Say amen. Shoot, yeah, guys. If we, if we just realize this is not, this is not beyond any of us, and it really is possible like a band of brothers, soldiers in a war. Yeah, their crew was pretty diverse, and our audience is pretty diverse. We've got people that have money and jobs and people that don't have anything. We've got people that give a regular check in the offering, and other people don't give a nickel. They should, but they don't. And we're glad they're here, and we hope they do. Sometime grow, they can do that too. Here's these five guys, like five guys and fries. Let me, let me, ju let me just read this, uh, my notes, because I can't remember. If I don't read it all in my notes, I'll leave something out here. Barnabas was Jewish from the tribe of Levi, and he lived on the island of Cyprus, and he was from a wealthy family, kind of like they had real estate property, and he was very generous. So let's just say Barnabas was Jewish, and he was generous, his family had wealth. And they sold some of their property and they gave the money to the church in Jerusalem. So he was rich and he was white and he was Jewish. Let's just stay with that. Barnabas, rich, white, and Jewish. That's one of the guys. 
Simeon called Niger is, that's a Hebrew name. He's Jewish, but he is Latin and dark-skinned, and he's a Jewish convert. So he didn't grow up with Judaism, but he came to believe in God. He's got this Hebrew, Simeon Hebrew name, but he's got dark skin. So you got one guy white and one guy with dark skin, one guy rich and one guy who uh, has just joined the, the, the Jewish uh, faith. Lucius of Cyrene is another Latin name. He's a Gentile. Uh, he's a Gentile convert to Christianity, to Jesus, from Africa, from a place that we now call Libya, an African country, and he became a Christian. Not Jewish, not a Jewish convert, but he became a Christian. These others became Jewish converts to Christianity, but this guy Lucius, he went straight to Jesus. He went straight from Africa to believing in Jesus as a Christian. Manan, or Manan, is a Jewish name meaning comforter or foster brother. It can also mean, I saw somebody wrote this in the in the study Bible, foster brother or a close childhood friend. Possible that he grew up in Herod's house around families who were aristocrats, having government jobs, had high standing family of influence and political connections. So rich white guy, Jewish, dark-skinned Jewish convert, Simeon, Lucius was a Gentile African Christian, and Manan is this political... Uh, political party, family of influence with high standing. And finally, number five, one, two, three, four, five, is Saul, whose Hebrew name uh, for, for this Jewish scholar was changed to the Apostle Paul. He became the academic powerhouse for half of the New Testament that we read today. One, two, three, four, five. Five guys and fries like five churches and followers of Jesus, quite a diverse building crew, socially, economically, financially, ethnically, very different, but they were unified because they had this mission to start more Jesus churches, planting churches everywhere they went, telling other people that Jesus really was for everybody. Say everybody. The crew was made up of equal parts. Equal peers. No, nobody, be, nobody act big, nobody act little, everybody just act mid, medium. No, nobody act big, nobody act little, little, everybody just be medium like first graders, clubhouse rules, and the treehouse. No big shots. We're just all equal peers together on this team. So chapter 13, verse 1, they had different job descriptions, prophets and teachers, but they all work for the same project, for spreading the good news about Jesus to other people. Five guys and fries are different age groups and different generations, younger guys and older guys, but they all had the same mission. It was to make your experience with five guys, fries, and burgers your best experience possible. So they all realized that some of us were in the some of us were in there on the grill, and some of, some of us were on the counter, and some of us were at the front door. They all had different jobs. Now, you've heard me say this before, but I haven't said it for a while. Maybe I should start saying it again. Nobody should have two jobs at Journey until everybody has one. Anybody heard that before? Pam? Yes, ma'am. When Journey started, we had a lot of interested people. And we really didn't know what everybody could do. And the next thing you knew, we started saying that a lot, like nobody should have two jobs until everybody had one, and everybody kind of volunteered and took jobs. But we've lost some of those people that used to have a job. Now, some of those people have got not just two, but three or four or five jobs or six jobs, and that's why our team is weakened when we don't have everybody having a job. So everybody should have a job, and that's what these guys, they were all equal peers. Some were prophets and teachers. Prophets were 
those that gave spiritual guidance, they were praying for God's directions before we do this or do that. So some people in our room used to pray for Journey Church. We had a team called the prayer team. We actually had a prayer captain. We actually were taking prayer requests. We had a moment in our history where we had people that took a job. Nobody should have two jobs until everybody has one. We had people that were doing that, were praying on a prayer team. We had teachers that were teaching and giving training to volunteers and to small groups and to children and they, so that everybody could go deeper. So we had prophets and we had teachers and nobody should have... We used to have all those kind of partners and people on our crew. If you watch a building crew that has all the people in place, like a football team that's got all the right people on their offensive and defensive line, you can see a lot of cooperation, not competition. And Journey Church just needs people and, and hands. We need people hands on deck is what we really need. And it's not too hard, but it is something that we need everybody sharing, like Five Guys and Fries, the mission of helping more people hear about Jesus. So thank you guys. I guess I should just say that right now. Thank you guys for being here on Saturday night. There aren't a lot of us, but thank you guys who are faithful on Saturday night. I mean, honestly, you guys do rock, and and you try to do what you can. So people matter most, and you guys who come even as small as we are at times. And if you're online watching, thank you again for doing that. Thank you for watching and staying with us, and hopefully that you can... Somehow support and share. Everybody, everybody have a job to do something. Nobody should have two jobs until everybody has one. So find something you can do, maybe with a pencil. Or We've got people that send birthday cards. We've got people that send a real actual card if we miss you. We've got people that do jobs maybe you hadn't thought about, but everybody needs to have a job. Do something. Here's another thing about the team they put together that had a great blueprint and construction plan. They were willing to listen to the owner <laughs> or the boss or the senior minister or the eldership team or the, the, the you know, maybe you got a small group leader. Listen to your small group leader. They listened to whoever was in charge. And so that's a good idea too. Listen to God, the Holy Spirit. And the crew was willing in the New Testament, first century church, Acts chapter 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Here we are in chapter 13. God, through the Holy Spirit, chose Paul. He had been Saul and had been Jewish, but he had been a persecutor having Christians arrested. So he's probably not the guy that you would have imagined that God would pick. But they had to trust God. It would be as crazy as if you pick some terrorist right now that's in the Hamas group, if you pick somebody from that team to be on your team because they had a conversion to Jesus, it would be just about as crazy picking this man named Saul who was having Christians arrested and persecuted and killed. But that's what God decided. He was picking that guy. So I'm just saying you got to trust God, listen to God. He is the owner Stay aligned, stay on purpose, make sure you know what your mission is. you got a great plan, a great blueprint. It's in the Bible, in the book of Acts. God chooses the most unlikely person on the planet to spread the church around the world with this message of Jesus and write half of our New Testament Bible. God can do anything, and God partners with this man, Paul, who was Saul, and, and Paul and Barnabas become the first global missionary team. That's where missionary church work began with Barnabas that's in this five guys story. Paul and Barnabas go on a missionary trip in Acts chapter 15. And pretty soon they add a couple more guys, Paul and Silas and Barnabas and Mark. They've got four guys taking another missionary trip. It's, it's, it has to grow exponentially. It has to grow. God's message has to grow. The plan, construction plan is a good one. The crew has to grow and develop and start another crew. And it just has to keep developing that way. Exponentially, you can't have the same five people. You have to double and double that again. Exponentially, the church has to grow that way. Sixteen and a half years, we're going in the wrong direction. 
<laughs> our numbers were smaller than when we started. So that's what you have to realize, that this is really hard. And it's really hard to say I'm going to take, you know, five five guys and fries and we're going to be in all 50 states. But they started in 1980. It took about 50 years to get there. So it takes a long time. It's not easy work, but it is possible. So we've got to keep adding more crews that are on the same page, same mission, all aligned, doing all this for God, helping other people know people matter most. And uh, if we just keep that up, Brian can keep that up. We can keep that up. You can keep that up. Uh, uh, Antioch is the place that it really started to grow rapidly. I, I hope we can grow again rapidly because I, I hope you get to see that, and I'd like to see it again too. It was a place where the church was inclusive of everybody. Journey's already there with that. You're welcome no matter who you are at Journey Church. Acts chapter 11, verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed, and they turned to the Lord. They welcomed everybody that came to the door, three more at the door. Whether you had different color of skin, or whether you had pajamas on, or whether you had flip-flops on, you had money or no money, education or no money, whether you're right-wing, left-wing, wealthy, poor, well-known, unknown, it doesn't matter. Jesus really is, he is for everybody. Jesus changes everything. God's building plan is a new kind of community, and it's kind of the experiment in the world in our community here in Cynthia and Harrison County to be a different kind of church. Have you ever met anybody else that said we're going to be a church next door to AutoZone? Never met them. But it is still an experiment whether or not we can do it or not. God can do anything, but it's up to you guys. And I remember Connie sitting right here. I remember sitting right here in the middle many, many years ago. And... Uh, one of our friends in ministry came in, and we were buying chairs because we had no chairs. $20 a chair, we had to buy every chair. And everybody had to give 20 bucks. Buy your chair. If you're going to sit in a chair, buy one. That's the only way we could get a chair. We didn't have no money. And they walked in and said, I want to buy two chairs. Sit right there. And they looked at me and says, this will never work. After they bought two chairs, this will never work. I think it has worked, but it is hard. It's still hard, and it is a great building construction plan, but our crews are really small. So we're, we're aligned with our original crew. Let's align some more crews, more people, exponentially doing the same thing that we started 16 and a half years ago. Say amen. amen. If you all were over here, they'd say amen too, but say amen. I think that's a good plan. So that, that's the first that's the first strategy that I want to share with you about how you do this. Have a great plan and have a great crew who works together and keep adding crew members. Here's the second part of this. You've you got to pull all the codes, building codes and permits. You've got to do it the right way. You can't do this with any kind of tricks like I'm the cool church, like we're the hip church. Like we're the rich church. Like we're the church that's got what the best whatever music or we got the best preacher. You can't do it that way. You got to do it the right way. So Acts chapter 13 verse 2 and 3. While they were worshiping with these five guys. I just read their name a moment ago. And they're going on a missionary journey in chapter 15. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. You've got to be a sending church where you gather and you find direction and inspiration, and then you've got to take off. People were coming together in Antioch, and other people were coming and were curious because they'd been told about this place, and the message of Jesus was inclusive for everybody, and it became a contagious message, and it caught the attention of a lot of people. And this church that had started out with a handful of people became a church of influence because it was building community in their community. Say amen. That's pretty poor. Say amen. amen. I hope you're still there. Maybe you just drifted off thinking about that burger and fries, but jot this down if you're still there. Journey grows and uh, God's building code says there's two things that are essential that we can't ever lose sight of. Never lose sight. Here's the permits that God gives us for being a church next door to AutoZone, 
or being a church anywhere with our own property and building. It wouldn't be any different. The floor must be level. Put that down. That's the first permit that we're going to be a church that's genuine and we get God's blessing. Have you been to churches where people show favoritism? You're lying to me if you don't say yes, because you have. So have I. That's not the permit or building code God gives us. You cannot show favoritism or partiality to people because they grew up in that church. Oh, my grandma sat in that pew. Oh, my grandpa started this church. Can't do that. The floor's got to be level, and you cannot show special favor. I think the word that everybody uses is nepotism. That you inherit this privilege. If your daddy or grandpa or grandma or uncle or somebody, you end up because of your family having all the power and influence and control all the de decisions that's in that church. It could be in a business, it could be at school, in the education department, board of education, it could be the mayor of your city. You just can't do that. They can't do that? No, you can't do that, not with God's approval. Jesus loves the whole world. Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in His sight. So you can't show favor, favoritism or partiality. That's one of the permits that you've got to pull and not ever lose sight of that. All right, let me read a few verses. I'll wrap this up. Acts chapter 10, Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear Him and do what is right. Remember, this is the guy that was having Christians arrested, but God changed his heart and transformed his thinking. And he said, uh, Peter and Paul both said these kind of things. I now realize. Peter said, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to ever eat those, that kind of non-kosher food. And God said, eat it if I say so. It's all okay. I say it is. And so Peter had to change his mind, and Paul had to change his mind. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, You are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus changes everything. There's no more distinction, partiality, favoritism. God really is for everybody. John 3, 16. That's what it says. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever, that would be everybody who believes in Him, shall not perish but have eternal life. So first part of the building code is the floor's got to be level. You can't give some people preferential treatment. They don't get a pass just because they got a certain last name. And here's the second thing. Uh, here's the second thing. Jot down here. Uh, really the third thing, I guess. I've got two or three things. But the floor's got to be level. People must come together. Uh, all the time and the door must be always open keep the door open for all kinds of people as long as there's breath in us make sure that everybody is welcome heaven's door is wide you, you and i can really help god keep the door wider and make sure everybody feels like they are welcome too revelation chapter 7 verse 9 verse 10 speaking about church when we all get to heaven after this John says, the apostle, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What's heaven going to look like? All white people? No. Heaven is going to be full of all kinds of people. The New Jerusalem, final place, home forever, eternity. There aren't any kind of racial distinctions. There aren't any kind of ethnic issues. The Bible talks about nations or ethnos. Race is not in the Bible. There's only a nation and one race, the human race. That's it. In heaven, there isn't going to be any distinction, color, creed, man or woman, 
ethnic group, only one, the human race, that becomes God's family, his creation. Bottom line, being colorblind sometimes can be a blessing. I hope it is for you. It, I hope it is that whatever it is, maybe that you've recognized where someone has a bias or a prejudice, that's not you. And uh, I hope that you can create momentum where you work or where you go to school. And other people can also see that as well. Floor and the ground always level with the foot of the cross. Door always is open to everyone. Jesus changes everything. Say amen. Okay, that's enough. So let's keep the Thanksgiving momentum of goodwill going all the way through Christmas and the new year. How do we do that? Well, let's have a great plan. We already have that. Jesus gave us that. And let's put that crew together and let's get four or five more and start another crew. Make sure we're all aligned and let's get the right permits where we get the permits pulled where everybody is welcome, no favorites, and doors always open wide. I'm going to take the communion, and you guys who are taking it from Justin's passing this right now as I speak, let me read this. Galatians chapter 3 again. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. No divisions, no favoritism, no partiality. You are all sons of God. Red and yellow, black and white. Rich or poor, single, divorced, widowed, married, young or old, live in America, Europe, Spain, Mexico. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are truly free take take the bread take the cup God thank you thank you that we can watch a little clip of these guys making burgers and fries and we can see that this isn't impossible but it is something that we have to urgently do we have to urgently get ourselves started in spite of diversity of age or income or talents that we might all come together with the same mission to spread good news that that you, God, are a good, good Father for everybody and that Jesus changes everything. Thank you, God, for forgiving us and giving us another chance to represent you. And may we get on a team, may we get on a team at Journey or get on a team with someone that has this mission to share with other people the good news that Jesus really is for everyone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Drop all of your cups there in the little basket. And you guys at home, hope you have a great rest of your week ahead. And uh, stay well. Join us. Let us know how you're doing, how we can pray for you. We'll, we will pray for you. Let us know how to pray for you. You guys, we're going to sing another song. One more song, then we'll go on.